0: Well, good morning, friends, and welcome to the Source of Truth podcast. Uh, we're glad you've taken time to join us this morning as we finish out this week on this Friday edition, as we take time to look and continue in the life of Joseph. And uh, so we're glad you're with us. If, as you're turning to Genesis chapter 39, we'll be there in just a moment. I want to mention kind of something. I just, got, I just got to say this yesterday. I mentioned the different coffees. And I've been drinking that yesterday's was McDonald's, and, um, and like I said simply, there's no prejudice to coffee as long as they blend the cream and sugar together well. We're good with that. I heard later after that that Brian, uh, Brian Bringhurst asked a very, very important question. And I say two things. The question was, where are the French fries? And it really is a very, very great, deep, theological, important question. Uh, but I got to tell you, that made me so hungry for French fries, for McDonald's French fries. I didn't go get any, I I restrained from the temptation, but it distracted me at work and all this when I kept thinking about that, so thanks for watching, Brian, and paying attention and missing the, and not missing the details, that's nice. Well, we're glad to have you with us for these few moments, and let's go ahead and dive right in, Uh, Genesis chapter 39, Uh, we're going to, we'll start right back at verse 1, and you remember we talked yesterday about what it's like to be a stranger uh, in a foreign land, and and in the way it works as Christians. In fact, last night I had an opportunity to be the contractor's home, and there was a. Uh a missionary friend of theirs from India and he was shared his testimony and he uh, gave a challenge and it really was an encouraging time and he talked about his ministry and really it was intriguing how and now he, God, he feels God calling him to work with the U.S. and it's just been intriguing to listen and see how God worked in his heart and, and how in different scenarios he's a stranger but God was still using him in those different scenarios and that's really where it comes down to that God places people in scenarios for certain reasons and we talked about the idea that being a stranger is not necessarily wrong um, as long as because, because history, God has used strangers in very unique scenarios and, and to be influential in those areas, by the way. We talked about you know, the stand that Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego took yesterday and Joseph took but the other thing we're going to see is not only did they take a stand to do right and to follow God Uh, they were influential in influencing great political leaders and great royal leaders. They were influential in so much of the history of these different scenarios. And we see God moving through all of this. But it's interesting in those spots, instead of sitting back being frustrated that things weren't what they wanted them to be or what's comfortable for them, uh, it was, this is where God has put me. And that's really what we'll look at today. So beginning in verse 1, Genesis 39, And Joseph was brought down to Egypt. And Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian brought him, uh, bought him of the hands of the Ishmaelites, which had um, brought him down thither. Verse 2, And the Lord was with Joseph, and he was a prosperous man, and he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And his master saw that the Lord was with him, and that the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hand. Joseph found grace in his sight, and he served him, and made him overseer over his house, and all that he had put into his hand. And it came to pass from that time, uh, from the time that he had made him overseer in his house and over all that he had, that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. And the blessing of the Lord was upon all that he had in his house and in his field. And he left all that he had in Joseph's hand. And he knew not all he, all he had, save the bread which he did eat. And Joseph was a goodly person and well favored. So I want to look and I've got, I think it's three or four thoughts that I, as I was evaluating this and studying this just a little bit earlier. Um, What are some principles we can get? First of all, let me just give you the underlying premise of what I I hope us to see here. Um, We're picking up a little bit from yesterday. We talked about strangers in a foreign land, and we talked about how we need to stand, and we should still do right and stand and and have a testimony in spite of our circumstances, in spite of what seems to be uncomfortable. And by the way, I'm not worried about the immediate future of our country and the area of religion and things like that. But let's just say in the future, which is more likely going to happen, that the freedoms we enjoy as Christians dissipate. Does that change our responsibility to assemble, to worship, to serve, to reach out? No, it does not. It changes how we approaches it. It changes the potential consequences that come with it, but it does not change the responsibility that God has placed in our lives to do those things. And so I hope we understand that uh, sometimes these things are a great catalyst to grow the church. And because it really purifies and gets us which ones are all are in for God and which ones are, are kind of on the outside watching. But you see this here. So Joseph comes in and uh, he's now in he, he becomes a servant, becomes a slave. And uh, he, he I'm, you know, there's, obviously there's periods of time in this. This all didn't happen in the first day or two. So there's periods of time as he comes in that his master began to watch him and begin to watch his character and begin to watch his testimony and begin to see his work ethic and, and his relationship with other slaves. And, and there he was moved up and he seemed obviously to be above the average person they would have in. He seemed to be trained. He brought him in and, and started giving him greater opportunities and greater responsibilities. But how this all happen? it really comes down... To the heart of joseph in this scenario we'll go back to the dream we'll, we'll go back to the original dream where god told him one day this would happen and whether joseph said these are all just kind of um, times for me to wait until god does it and then it'll be in a different spot back in canaan whether it's going to be here i'm not sure joseph sat there and thought man one day i'm going to rule in egypt i'm not sure that went through his mind what i can tell you is that, that promise was something that that Joseph held to and said, God's in control, he knows what he's doing, and I'm just going to rest in his promises. And so instead of complaining about how this can't work to fulfill God's plan, or his dream, or what he really believes, or how he believed it would be fulfilled, he decided, if God has me here, then this is God's will for my life. So I'm going to do my 100% best here. And yes, that means to honor pagan people. I mean, I, there is no history of the Egyptians and, 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 and you know, Jacob's family fighting, but they, they were very different in their religious thinking, political thinking. They couldn't have really been any more different. And Joseph says, I'm just going to do my best, and I'm going to do a hundred. I can get mad at the guy. Maybe I don't like how he treats other slaves or how he treated me, but I'm going to do what I know is right. And it's such a drastically important thing to say. And understand it's the heart condition and so because joseph recognized that if god has me here this is his will for my life for now at least and we know he transitioned him from there to you well, know, to prison and then from there to the palace and so uh, this is where god had him this is where god had him on purpose and he says so i'm going to stay here and i'm going to be in the center of god's will and i'm going to focus my attention in the center of god's will and i'm going to do my best so in verse two the lord was with joseph the first thing we're going to see if When God moves and puts us places that we're willing to say, for now in this part of my life, this is where God has me, and I'm going to do my best. I'm going to trust in God, and I'm going to just serve to the best of my capacity. Here, we see in verse two that the Lord was with Joseph. That's something that we can be promised: that God is with us, that God will be there, that God will walk with us, that God will help us, that God will encourage us. Is that not really what the greatest desire is? You know. I reflect back upon the last year. And to be honest, for me, you know, it was more than just a pandemic and all the other stuff. There's a lot more that happened in our church and stuff. And I look back on it and what it was like for me to only preach to cameras instead of doing this as just a daily thing and, and to try to reach and encourage people. And just just so much that God did in my life to draw me to him and to help me to grow closer to him and all those things. And, you know, what can happen is, what happens now is our, our, for many people still, what we do church is different than they're used to. And, and, and what the, maybe what their identity was and what they thought, what they were comfortable with. And, and it, it's true that that does. And God will use those things, by the way. God can kind of pull those things out of our life to, to bring us back to an identity in him. I've been reading a book put out by a friend of mine entitled uh, Stop Trying. And it really talks about finding your identity in Jesus in the gospel Uh, a gospel-centered life and and understanding that it's not about me performing and doing. It's about watching what God wants to do in my life. It's a great book. I encourage you to get it. It's called Stop Trying. You can get it on Amazon and uh, Barnes & Noble, places like that. Uh, But as I've been looking at this, it's a great reminder that sometimes God brings scenarios into our lives that we say it's harsh, it's rough, but yeah. And he does this to tear down those things that hinder what he wants to do in our life. They, they take away the negative, they take away the performance base, they take away our pride, they take away our desire, we feel like I have to do this and I have to do that, and, and they put us in a, in a centered way to realize that really what we should be doing is saying, Lord, I want to be in the center of your will, and I want to do what you want me to do. And in doing that, we see that, I, I, Lord, I, yes, what I'm used to doing, you know, the type of church or type of this and uh, visitation or all the things I used to do. You know, I, I listen to pastors all the time and just say that a lot of what we did before for the longest time was you can't even do and now it's, it's even more complicated. You can't go visit hospitals. There's a lot of different things that are kind of part of what was expected of us that you just can't do anymore, and you have to kind of rethink the whole thing. Well, you can sit back and say, well, I'm just going to wait until it's all over, or you can say, this is a season of life, and what am I going to do with it? How, how do I encourage my family and grow closer to God in this season of life? Joseph said, you know, I'm, I'm just going to do my best as a slave. I don't like being here, but I'm going to do my best as a slave. Um, and you, you can't even say to honor my name, my father's name, because no one would have recognized it at that point. I'm going to, I'm going to do my best for God. And in that, we say in verse 2, that the Lord was with Joseph. Such a powerful, important truth. But then he continues to say, because of that, he was a prosperous man. He prospered in, just a, in everything he touched. And, not, and yes, because he was smart, he was wise, and he used that wisdom. But because and what we see is more than just through his own knowledge, that because God was with him, Joseph became prosperous. Which simply means, in the center of God's will, where God places me in a scenario that may not be where I wanna be, that may not be exactly what I I enjoy, may not be the way I want it to be right now, there's something here God can use me for. And in in different seasons of life, and in Ecclesiastes, it talks about there's a different season in life, and time to be born and time to die, time to this, time to that, all these different things. And what we recognize is, is each and every one of us are in different seasons. Where we are right now, in the beginning of 2020, 2021, in this time, is a different season. It's a different season of life. It's a different season of marriage. It's a different season of parenting. It's a different season of being a teenager. It's a different season of ministry and church and a different season of walking with God. And there's nothing wrong with it. How how do I prosper? How do I grow? Well, I have to submit to the fact that this is where God has me. And if I submit to this where God has me, then I can grow in him and let him prosper me. And then he, this says, and he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. So he he was a servant, and guy, and the guy saw him and brought him in to watching. And because joseph did was right and honored god in this uncomfortable scenario the master brought him and put him in the house simply means he got moved to a great level we can kind of say administration he was moved to an upper level of slavery he was no longer outside in the fields working in the heat of the day things of that nature now he's in the house and he's doing you know nicer work or fancier work or things that way and he's slowly working his way up the food chain shall we say in levels of authority And we see to go down to verse 3, and his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hand. You know, it's interesting when I see this. Here's what I see. That not only did Joseph have God's presence on him and and then we see that that God prospered Joseph. A pagan man noticed the prosperity in Joseph's life. The pagan man noticed there was something unique about Joseph that made him special over all the other ones. And we see here that, he noticed that the Lord was with him. There's something unique, something special that Joseph had, that Joseph demonstrated that no one else there demonstrated. What what a testimony that in the, the good scenarios I'm in, the bad scenarios I'm in, the, the comfortable situations, the uncomfortable situations, that what I do and where I'm going and what I'm trying to do, God honors, God prospers, blesses me to the point where unsaved, pagan people, ungod- or just unsaved people will see it and say, you know, there's something unique. Now, I'm not condoning. Years ago, there was this big push What we called, um, was it Lordship Salvation? I don't know, sorry, but um, lifestyle evangelism, and that's what it was, where we didn't actually tell people about Jesus. We didn't invite him to church. We didn't do any of that. We just lived a good life and assumed that if they really wanted it, they would come ask us what was different about us. Now, you know that's not going to happen to how good of a life you live. It's just not the way it's done. God says, go in the highways and hedges and compel them to come in. You say, I don't agree with that. Well, you're disagreeing with the Bible. I, again, we go back to the center of this. It's not a matter of, well, I don't like this evangelism. I don't like this. Can we get back to what God told us to do? Go tell. Acts one you should receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost is by, upon you. You should be witnesses unto me. And then he names three different, here and abroad is what he's saying. We look at this. God says, this is what I want you to do. What, what a powerful testimony! So I'm not condoning the lifestyle of evangelism. What I'm saying, though, is when we are willing at work, in our home, in our community, when we are willing to honor God in the things that in the place that God has put us, and say, Lord, what are the doors you want me to walk through? What is it that you want me to do here? What is it you want me to do in this search? And how can I honor you? Doesn't he say, whatever thy hand finds to do with all thy might, whether they're for you eat or drink, or whatsoever you do, do all the, the glory of God? Which means whatever scenario we find ourselves in, it is that God's put us there. It's, it's for his glory. How can I make it? How can I work it that way? In this case, we see the first two. Of, I'll give the other two next time. But the first two things was that he, God, God was with him. What a great, powerful truth And that he prospered him. And that the unsaved world noticed the prosperity. The unsaved world noticed something special in the life of Joseph. And uh, that is such a great truth. And I hope that we would see. Uh, by the way, I hope we don't say, I hope I sit back and say, God, please bless. You know, let people see that. And I think that, Lord, let me keep my mind focused on you and walking in you and allow the world to notice. Because when I witness to my coworkers, and I witness to my friends and I witness to people, I want them to be able to see that there was somebody who was not fake, he was real, and there was something unique about them. There was a, a walk with God, a, a feeling of the spirit that was so different than any religion can ever offer. Well, thank you for joining us on this Friday. We'll finish up this thought Monday, and we really appreciate the opportunity um, to be part of your day. And as we finish off this week, we hope you'll join us Sunday, Sunday morning at 10 o'clock as we continue our study in the book of Acts and our series Unstoppable. I tell you, very practical, helpful truths I think will be a great encouragement and I hope you'll join us on, in, in, in person here on the property. If you can't do that, I hope you'll join us online at 10 o'clock and we look forward to having you with us. And then uh, Sunday night at five as we continue in a great time of worship and then a great time in God's Word and Revelation as we begin to look at the seven churches. Looking forward just to a great time in God's Word and worshiping Jesus and having the Holy Spirit just teach us. And, and I hope you join us. And I hope you join us here if you can online. And we just look forward to how God will work in our midst this coming Sunday. We hope to see you there. And then again Monday as we continue in our series. God bless.